the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. I'm loving that music. It's almost kind of got a vibe of like a 60s like a be- a movie with like surf movie with kids dancing on the beach and doing like uh, the pony and the swim have you do you even know what i'm talking about uh let me bring in this guy here um he's so young i think i've got milk in my refrigerator older than this guy so i'm not sure if he even knows who Annette Funicello is and what the vibe of that music was but let me bring him on he is the one and only it is dj sesame barcolini give it to me baby <laughs> i don't know what kind of creepy vibe that was that was not that didn't give me 60s like uh surfer dance vibes i don't know what that that definitely had like quentin tarantino movie vibe <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do like that kind of music though. I, to be mm. fair, I listen. It's it's like a, it's like when jazz meets funk, kind of like what James yeah. Brown did with his mm-hmm. band. They they did that very very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jazz Fest is coming up. It's the last weekend in April and the first weekend in May every year in New Orleans. Sometime you need to go because that is your kind of of happening. All kinds of great, amazing music. Uh, killer incredible best food in the world and the food is so good in fact that you will not mind eating a bowl of hot gumbo when it's 98 degrees and 95 percent humidity (laughs) (laughs) it's a skill that you that you acquire when you live down there all right speaking of the south we got to get into something serious i reported for you guys the other day that alabama the supreme court had ruled in a lawsuit uh that uh fertilized eggs in in IVF from IVF fertilized eggs in a center uh, were children and that was a case that was brought because there was some couples uh, who had fertilized eggs and they were destroyed and the families the parents sued because they lost their children and according to them and so I can't remember exactly what they were suing for from the clinic um, but the a, a panel of judges in Alabama ruled that they were aggrieved because these were children and that he referenced the Bible and he also referenced the Constitution, I believe, in terms of uh, the the judge who wrote uh, for the opinion. There was one dissenting judge who basically said we shouldn't be ruling uh, and, and using religious beliefs in our court rulings, which is antithetical to what our country is about. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't 
approve murder in this country. Our legal system is based upon the Bible, right? So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is, is that, um, I can't remember what my other point was. So is, since that occurred in the courts, um, oh, I know what it was. Uh, another point is that even taking the religious aspect out, I think you and I talked about it, Sesame, is that you have the right in this country under the Constitution for life, liberty, and the pursuit of justice, right? Like, it, it, ha happiness. And so clearly that's denied um, these, these fertilized eggs. So this story has been, here we are in an election year. We know the left is wanting to use abortion with the overturning of Roe v. Wade as a battering ram uh, to win in November. So uh, the Republican Party from Trump to Matt Gates and others have been weighing in on the Alabama decision. And it's been interesting because, um, and I didn't pull the clip, we didn't have time to play all these clips, but a lot of what the Republicans are saying is, uh, well, yeah, we want IVF um, because we need to have babies born in this country and we need IVF. and. Um, I don't like what it, Alabama needs to change the law because we need IVF. And it's like, well, wait a second. The ruling did not say that that it, it had to do with it, that destruction of the embryos was the legal issue at play here, that these embryos were children. There was nothing in this ruling banning IVF. So the fallout from this legal case and the, this court ruling has just really been ridiculous um, including Matt Gates, you know, Alabama needs to change their law because we need IVF. Um, and I guess maybe what they're, they're concerned about is this clinic and, and a couple of others have closed because if a destroyed through an accident or otherwise, uh, if the embryos are destroyed in these clinics, they don't want to be held liable for it. So they've stopped, uh, you know, doing, um, uh, storage, of embryos. So based upon some of the Republicans arguing on behalf of IVF, which you would think would make them happy, uh, Sonny Hostin and the other alleged women of the view uh, had to attack these conservatives. And I want to play a little clip of that, Sesame. Whatever that means. I, I actually think they do want you to have more children, and they're just not saying the quiet part out loud. Which is? Right? Uh, which is multicultural Americans are going to become the majority population by 2050. Uh, by 2050, the Hispanic, oh. Hispanic Americans are expected to have the most population growth, an increase of about 6%, while the white population is expected to decrease by about 11%. At this time, the birth rate for white Americans in this country has been falling since the Great Recession, and it's dropped almost 23% between 2007 and 2022. So, but wouldn't what more the, white women be getting the IVF? Um, so that well, increases that's, the, that's they why want. they yeah. want IVF, but they can't say uh, yes. An, embry an embryo, they, 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 they're they're coming out sort of against it and not being able to explain why. They want to have more American white children born because the birth rate has gone down. Okay, so why do they see Okay, you can cut it there. You can cut it there. Um, or it could be that they think that this, not every conservative thinks that an embryo is the same as a, as, as a baby. So it could be that they're concerned that this issue 
is going to be a problem in the election. And so they don't want this ruling to affect people voting. Maybe that's it. But the notion that they that they want white babies born because we don't have that's just that's insane. Uh, it, you know, they sh- the if the issue is that they should care that this ruling, these ladies on the view should care that this ruling um, is resulting in less fertilized eggs. And now they're arguing. I'm not sure I'm articulating this very well, but they're actually arguing on behalf of conservatism. It's like they're arguing for this ruling by the judge just so they can score some political points. Did I explain that well? Did you get my point? Yeah, I think I get it. I still find so. I mean, what 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 Hostin was saying, I, that was very confusing and and a little bit stupid, honestly. I mean, really, just yeah. a ridiculous well, yeah. idea. Well, yeah, because what here's okay. Let me let me clarify it this way. Okay. okay. So the the court ruled that these fertilized embryos are children and they can't be destroyed by somebody. Okay. Um, so therefore they ruled on behalf of the parents that left these embryos under the care of these clinics. Everybody should be celebrating this ruling because these people trusted this clinic to do right by them. And we've got both conservatives uh, um, unhappy with the ruling and she as well as Democrats well, we now what we've got is we've got conservatives unhappy with the ruling, and we've got Democrats happy about it. They've the sides have flipped. Um, the Democrats are saying the reason why they're for this ruling is because now they've got an argument that Republicans being against it just want to have more white babies. When maybe the Republicans are against it, because not every Republican thinks that life starts at conception in an embryo. There are lots of Republicans who actually believe that it's okay to have an abortion up until the heartbeat. They're actually on the Democrat side to a certain extent. This is my point is this is how ridiculously insane this issue has become in this country when it's really, really simple. It's life. And if a Republican is saying we need more babies, do, do yeah, maybe we do need Christian people and we need everybody to have more babies. It doesn't require IVF, does it? Just be and just because you can doesn't mean that you should. So is Matt Gates arguing on behalf of cloning? That's another way to have more babies. If you were, you know, I, I think everybody should be celebrating this. Uh, if you don't, if you don't like this ruling, it's real simple. Don't fertilize eggs. Don't fertilize eggs. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. It, it's to me, this is an example of how d- beginning to do things creates more problems than it solves. It's playing God. A lot of these fertility treatments are playing God. I I was forced to make a decision at one point. I'm going to get real personal here as to go the route of IVF. And I chose not to. And let me tell you why. Because I didn't want to be in a position to where I would have to choose. They, when, they, when they implant a bunch of eggs, you're going to carry all seven of them. Let's say they all take. And I was not going to be in a position. Oh, well, it's called selective reduction. That's killing an unborn child. I wasn't going to do it. 
Maybe if you're unable to have a child, God, God has another plan for your life. Maybe it's adoption. Oh, what about cancer patients? Well, um, you know, um, nobody's saying that it, nobody's banned IVF. They're just saying that I, that, that in the state of Alabama, that it's, it, that it makes them children. So make, make a decision accordingly. Why does it have to be all or nothing? Why does it have to be, why, why are we literally playing God with children in this country so that everybody for every circumstance in their life, they can have what they want and have what is con- ultimately about convenience. It's playing God. And I don't like it regardless of who's doing it, whether it's a conservative or a Democrat. That's my take. Anything you want to add before I go to break? Uh, yeah, just you, I mean, it's a, it's a, the, I think the the strongest point is the ending. It, it's so many of these issues just go back to playing God and this new modern way of thinking where it's like, oh, children are really just there to exist to make adults happy, and it's all about what the adults want. It's not about having children and creating the future generation of citizens and Christians to run this country. It's not about what God calls us to do, what we're supposed to do, what God has literally made us to do. To bring children into the world in the same way that the God, the Son, the Incarnate came into into our lives as as Jesus Christ. So it's it, the 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 modern view of family planning is just so weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think so many of these issues really are just theological. It's rooted in that rejection of reality yeah. and the natural course of how things should evolve. Yes. Whether you're called to have children or not, God doesn't call everyone to have children. He right. calls some to have children. I accept that. I want God's will on earth. That is the highest good. He he, he knows what is best for all of us. For some reason, Maybe we God, make it yeah. about us and we treat yes. kids like accessories that are supposed to like exactly. material possessions. It's crazy to me. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Maybe and and sometimes it can be that God is calling you to adopt maybe god mm-hmm. is calling mm-hmm. you uh to you know foster maybe god mm-hmm. is calling you to go on mission trips and to help take care of children around the world there's so many ways in which god can be calling you outside of of biologically having children maybe god wants you to marry somebody who is widowed and has three children and needs help so that or or vice versa so it is playing God, and um, I, I'm not anti-technology, but how about, it, like you just said, how about bringing a non-selfish approach to it if you're going to go that route? All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We've got a guest calling in tonight from CPAC. I haven't talked much about CPAC. I'm curious as to what some of the mood on the ground is there about Nikki Haley, about Trump. Um, particularly with DeSantis people. Are they there? What are their thoughts? Where are we at with this? So we're going to hear from some boots on the ground when we come back. Stay with us. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Rolling through hour two here of our Friday night edition. Have you guys been watching uh, any of the coverage from CPAC or even the National Religious Broadcasters Convention? Uh, I know that I've got some friends of mine that are kind of going, have been going back and forth between the two. 
<laughs> um, lots happening in this election year. Uh, in addition to the fact that next week on Tuesday, we've got a huge primary uh, that's taking place in South Carolina. And I just cannot wait to see a certain person crushed and humiliated as only we Southerners know how to do. Um, uh, and, and we need to be doing some crushing because we're kind of getting crushed uh, as a nation. And we need to join together as Republicans, as conservatives, because quite frankly, I think November is our last stand. And um, my next guest joins me to discuss this. I think he's actually at CPAC right now. It is Drew Thomas Allen. He's author of America's Last Stand, Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? And he joins me now. Hey, Drew, welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Hey, Andrea, great to be with you. Thanks. So are you at CPAC right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, and it's, it's, it's my first time going, i got to be honest. And uh, it's exciting. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, I, my cup is filling up, i got to tell you. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm kind of jealous. I went every year, super fun, have always loved it. Even the year that we got stuck at the bottom of the escalators because of Mike Pence. I I don't remember what year. It might have been 2019. After COVID, when it went down to Florida and people were wearing masks, I was like, eh. Um, But I'm kind of, and I didn't really miss it. I am missing it this year because of how critical this year is for us, Drew. So I've got a couple questions for you. Um, And it's kind of related to your book because, I mean, the Democrats, I mean, we always say this election is the most critical, but I mean, it, it, this time it really is because when you look at everything that the Democrats, the progress that they've made to destroy this country, the orchestrated invasion at the border, the $34 trillion in debt, and yes, that was with some help from the Republicans, the foreign wars that we're involved in, uh, the money laundering, the corruption that's been hidden Uh, by our own government, the weaponized FBI and the DOJ that works to control our elections through covering up the crimes of like the Biden crime family and beyond while working to persecute and prosecute Americans. And then you add in the cultural destruction of this country through our children, man, it, it, it's, 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 it can't get much worse, Drew. And I want to know what the mood is on the ground there um, with the conservatives in terms of joining together to save this country? Well, firstly, the, the best thing, period, bar none, that I see coming out of this is people are talking about Trump's reelection as if it's a certainty. Now, I'm not saying people are like, oh, we don't have to vote. It's going to happen for sure. Not that kind of situation. But look, the Democrats are so successful because they do have attitudes that nothing can hinder them, Right. Like, uh, come hell or high water, they're going to get their agenda. They're going to do this Mm -hmm. to the country. And we have that attitude, which we have to have if we're going to be victorious. It's like the American Revolution. You didn't sit there. I mean, you had to tell yourself, okay, we're in this. We have to do this. We can win. And that's the attitude I'm seeing. The other thing, secondary, I guess, that's very important, because, you know, one of the reasons I wrote the book was what you're saying is true. This is America's last stand. Uh, it's, it's the most consequential election, not just for our lifetimes, but I, I call it the third major test we face in our nation's history. 1776, uh, 1861 with the Civil War, and 2024. I mean, it's that important. But the problem we have today is the same we had during the American Revolution at that time, which is 
convincing people to actually accept reality, accept the gravity of the situation. Don't put your head in the sand because it's uncomfortable, because you've got to acknowledge how dangerous the situation is so that you can take action and become that patriot that we need right now. Uh, to save the country. So people are talking about that. They're understanding how serious this is, and that's the hurdles we face if we want to save the country is accepting reality. Well, I'm glad to hear that because one of the things I've been really concerned about with is that after the, you know, uh, what I felt like everybody should have expected, uh, the, you know, fight, the brutal, you know, uh, primary, um, uh, contest between DeSantis and Trump and particularly DeS- the DeSantis team online, so many of them are saying that they're just going to throw their, you know, uh, lollipop into the sand and storm off and they're not going to vote for Trump, which is to vote for Joe Biden. And it's like, how can you pretend, how can you say that you that you were going to support DeSantis in the primary because Trump wasn't conservative enough, and now you're going to not vote for Trump. I mean, wh- I mean, are you seeing DeSantis people down there in CPAC? What are you, uh, what are you feeling from that end in terms of the, the DeSantis team getting behind Trump? Well, I'll tell you, people are saying this is MAGA country. They're actually saying that, not like the uh, the, the fraud that was perpetrated when, uh, you know, whatever, the noose boy, you know, in the past. Uh, yeah. Anyway, no, no, I'm serious. It's, 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 it's MAGA country. Everyone is on board with Trump. Everyone understands it. It's funny because... Uh, to, to be honest with you, most of them have been clients at this point. But, um, you know, uh, uh, it's almost like everyone that was on Trump's VP shortlist, uh, you know, based on that Ingram interview. Well, they're all they're all speaking at CPAC. So it's almost like a, a VP audition to some extent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so, no, no, no. I mean, I, I just I, I love what I'm seeing. And I don't I don't think that there's actually I mean, we have to combat this and, and kind of destroy these people, too, because uh, it's a joke. Oh, I support DeSantis. Cause he's so conservative. Uh, but I'm going to go for Biden or RFK Jr. Like, you're not conservative then, you know, but, but I don't no. think there's that many of the people that are the grifters out there good. that good. it's hard to compete in your world, Andrea, because there's a lot of conservatives. You have to be really good. And so these people could be mediocre and find some niche when they're like, oh, yes, I'm, you know, that's what it, that was about. Well, uh, you know, I, I feel so much better, you know, talking to you about what the mood is on the ground. Let's talk about um, – And when we talk about being real, and I love everything you're saying about what you talk about in your book about the three most momentous, you know, um, crossroads, I guess, or what, you know, whatever term you want to put to it, the three most momentous uh, time periods in our country, uh, you know, and needing people to to accept that that's where we are. Then we're then we're called dark, you know. And the left wants to say, oh, you know, look at look look at Trump's dark message. And even Tim Scott was on the campaign trail during the primary, uh, you know, Amer- you know, trying to give the rah rah America's best years are ahead kind of stuff. When then the reality is, it's we're we are in a battle for the soul of uh, of America, and we are up against some serious serious evil, and we must understand that. Uh, talk to me about that in, in terms of um, the Democrats and how far they're willing to, to go to destroy this country and how we can combat that. Yeah, look, they're willing to literally burn the country down. Uh, I mean, there's no limit to what they will do. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, this is tricky because we can't allow the intimidation and the threats of violence from the left to inhibit us. From, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, 2020. We know what happened, right? We know what yeah. they did. Um, yeah. 
but 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 how did they prevent us from talking about it? Right. I mean, they beat us into submission almost because of the threats uh, and so on and so forth. And of course, the left is always prepared to yeah. to 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 give a, a Antifa or BLM or somebody the orders to go and, and use violence. You know, I mean, that, that's why the courts didn't get involved. They were all pansies and they were scared. So, you know, we can't let let the fear of that happening. Right. Like, oh, if Trump is reelected, oh, my gosh, what is the left going to do? Bring it on. Let that moment come. Uh, but we have to we have to push forward and we have to make sure that we defeat them, because what's doing to him with the lawfare is unprecedented. It's mm. lawless. And we need to talk about things in ways that are simple to understand. Right now, it's about what is the role of government? Are we going to be slaves again, or are we going to be free people that assert that our rights are unalienable? Because a lot of people think that the government, like there's no accountability, right? So the government can break the law all day long, as you point out all the time, and nothing happens. You can, right. you can jaywalk and can throw, or you can do nothing. You can be a peaceful protester on J6 and get thrown in a gulag and have your rights suspended. So, I mean, this is where we are at. We're looking at, it's, it's excellent existential 2024. Yeah, it is. And what I'm hoping that President Trump is is going to really, um, I think he's, I I can't think of anybody else, by the way, every, let me say it this way, every other politician, I don't, I can't imagine anybody else with the, with the determination, with the strength and with the courage of President Trump. Every other politician would have been just within the first year of their presidency in a corner two and on their toenails. And yet this man is out there fighting so hard to save this country. What I do, what I would like to see him do, and as well as those of us with a voice in media, is to start making sure that we connect the dots to the American people. This is not just about Trump, what happened in that fraud case in New York. If they can confiscate his business, his livelihood, and destroy it because of his politics, they can and will do it to you. If they can throw Americans into the gulag and deny them their constitutional rights simply because they attended a, a a, a rally, they can and will do it to you. And then, and also about what this orchestrated invasion means to the American people going forward. I think we have, I think at, at this uh, Trump's campaign and all of us that is somehow have a voice going forward, that's one of the things that we have to do better, which is making sure the average voter understands uh, how each of these issues is going to in- affect them in the long run. Speak to that, Drew. We've got a minute left. All right, quick story. Benjamin Franklin, after trying to convince some holdouts to actually sign off on the Constitution in 1787, he came out of Independence Hall, and a woman uh, famously asked him, you know, what kind of government we have? You know, do we have a tyranny or do we have a republic? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. He said it to her. Okay, it's our job to go out and convince the American people. You know, that's why I write the book, right, to give to persuade people why they must vote for Trump over Biden or any Democrat they replace him with. We have to be patriots. We're going to lose our country if we don't become advocates for it. You can't leave it to somebody else. So get out there. You're not being asked to run into gunfire. You've just got to be get uncomfortable and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And be willing to not just show up and to vote. Uh, make sure you understand who all the candidates are up and down the ballot. You need to be getting other people out to vote. You need to be working campaigns. You need to be get, uh, knocking on doors, picking up the phone. You need to be donating where you can and and get active. Drew, you're active. You're fighting for this country. The book is America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Thank you for being here. Appreciate it and enjoy CPAC. Oh, thanks, Andrea. Talk soon. Alrighty, take good care. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got more to cover on tonight's Andrea K Show, and we've got Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. You don't want to miss it.
You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Um, by the way, if, if you're in SoCal right now, um, you may be still hearing about the Darien Gap and you may be hearing about Eagle Pass in Texas, um, but the current and um, hotspot for illegal aliens coming across our border and flooding our country is right here in San Diego. Uh, the Border Patrol is busing um, uh, mass release of military-aged legal aliens to San Diego streets. And Newsom, of course, is blaming the Republicans. Um, so um, stay safe out there if you're in San Diego, uh, for sure. Um, all right, I'm going to take it back down to Mississippi because I have thoughts on a story. There is a Mississippi cop, a female, who has been arrested um, because uh, and brought to the station in her own police cruiser because she was caught shoplifting, pinching a pair of sneakers from a Dick's Sporting Goods in Columbus, Mississippi, while she was in uniform. Uh, they are a $140 pair of sneakers. Uh, she tried them on and just thought she was going to saunter out of the store wearing these sneakers, Sesame Broccolini. Um, so the uh, police chief himself responded to the scene and says that he, um, uh, an employee had observed them and detained the officer and called 911. So, um, himself and his assistant chief and the captain over patrol all responded. So, I mean, I, I hope I'm hoping, first of all, nobody else had any crisis going on in, in Columbus, Mississippi, because all three of the top brass decided to respond to the sneaker shoplifting crisis that took place at the Dick Sporting Goods. Um, so um, I, I don't know. It, it, it sounds like it's Keystone cops all the way around. Um so they said that uh, they arrested her, put her back in her own squad car and said that it's, quote, embarrassing for the department, but we're going to treat her like we would anybody else. Well, first of all, they're not treating her like they would anybody else, Sesame, because they all three responded to the scene. You know, did, is it, does it take the police chief, his assistant police, his assistant chief and the head of all the patrol officers to arrest one person walking out with a pair of sneakers, stolen sneakers? Your thoughts on that aspect? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, could be. You think? There could be a circumstance where you got a particularly uh, aggressive individual who's particularly strong. I, I don't know. I mean, depends on. He uh, wasn't aggressive at that point. It's yeah. like a 911 right. call comes in to <laughs> that, you know, they got, they got a cop in there. To, hat tip to the employee, by the way, who was like, oh, yo, yo, officer, <laughs> those are sneaks. <laughs> okay nice try officer but we need you to come back in here hat tip to that employee by the way i'm that person is might be a nominee for my hero of the week <laughs> um so i kind of but i was also thinking of um didn't there used to be a tv show about stupid criminals right america's dumbest criminals i think it was this kind of ranks up there but then i got to thinking about the fact that why wouldn't this cop think she could pinch a pair of $140 sneakers. I mean, out here in California, thugs can steal up to $1,000 worth of stuff. That's why you can't go in anywhere where everything's locked behind a case. 
Why couldn't she think she could walk out? Why shouldn't she walk out with a pair of $140 sneakers? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's this is nuts. Of course, it, it, I don't know what she was thinking. I don't know what has to go through your mind to think. I guess what goes through her mind is thinking other people get to steal up to $1,000. But while you're in goes- uniform? Well, yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's thinking the same thing Fanny Willis was thinking. Oh, yes. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, entitlement, grievance, two sides of the same coin. Power, power. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. I'm a black woman with a badge. <laughs> I get to walk out with some sneaks. <laughs> so I, what I do find interesting is that she didn't keep walking at that point. She allowed herself to be detained. Maybe she thought when Sheriff, you know, Griffith, Andy Griffith was going to show up with Barney Fife that they were going to go, okay, you know, Aunt B or whatever, you know, just put you, you know, I think she probably thought that when the cops showed up that they'd be like, all right, you know, you know, she's she she'll put her her regular shoes back on. We'll leave you the sneakers, and you know, we'll call she'll it put a day. her regular shoes back on. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the kind of serious police business. <laughs> you know what? I spent a lot of time in Mississippi. Mama grew up on the Mississippi Louisiana line. The farm where she grew up on was actually in Mississippi. Just the other side of Honey Island Swamp. Picayune, Mississippi, by the way. This is what we would call Picayune-ish behavior, by the way. <laughs> maybe maybe her mistake was that she didn't do like a smash and grab and run out, right? Maybe that was her mistake. Now, they they need to have multiple cops doing it together, too, and a coordinated. That's Because those there smash and go. grabs, you don't do it alone. You don't smash maybe, and grab yeah. alone. You go, you bring yeah. a friend. Buddy system. And you don't and you don't bother with $140 sneakers. Do they not have like a, a Louis Vuitton store down there or, or you know or Balenciaga or you know Bottega Veneta? Do, do, do they not have somewhere where they could go in and do a smash and grab and run out with about, you know, 100 grand worth of stuff? Um you know, I I I initially thought that this case had to do with Wayne LaPierre himself and I didn't know what whether or not he had done something untoward. Uh, but now that I see that it involves Letitia James and the NRA, I mean, I, I have to I have to assume that this is just another uh, case of, you know, her wanting to, you know, get a, get a conservative scalp. Um, in fact, did I pull a clip of her bragging about uh, taking down? No, I didn't. What I do have a clip of is another nominee for Hero of the Week, and it was a heckler uh interrupting AOC during the New York town hall if you can play that clip yeah uh, in 2020 the cares act passed and in 2021 we started to see a lot of different uh, uh pieces of introductions well clearly i don't because i'm an elected member of congress so keep it pushing bro Keep it pushing, right. bro. It's always that's interesting to me. Your, that's not one of your. Say that uh, I only your represent undocumented people. folks because clearly, you can you clearly, can stop it there. Um, was that not somebody that it was from her district? And oh, by the way, Chica, you got elected by about seven hundred people because nobody came out to vote 
in that election, there was some kind of member. There was some guy up for re-election, and he didn't bother to campaign because he just thought he mm-hmm. was, in, you know, mm-hmm. it was automatic. Yep. And then this bartender goes out and gets enough people. Like I think it was like seven hundred people or something. It was a ridiculous amount of number. So it all, so she, you know, she's a she's a stain on New York, and that was one of her constituents who said, "You only represent illegals." And listen to how she spoke to him. She's disgusting, and she and and that heckler was absolutely right. She didn't even have the sense or the decency to say, "No, sir, I I I'm here on behalf of the people that uh, whose district I represent." But I, I I hear and I understand the people that have concerns with what's going on with the illegal aliens coming into this country. But she's so indecent, so despicable. She's so just another version of Fanny Willis. That it's it's absolutely what we were just talking about with Drew Allen. We got to save this country. All right. Final segment of tonight's Andrew K. Show coming up. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Final segment. Time for a little here of the week and stink of the week. Um, stink of the week is the transgender movement. Case in point, Regina My Allen, aka Ringo Valentine, an outspoken trans non-binary activist, was arrested on child sex charges for distributing, possessing, and viewing child pornography. Libs of TikTok said, why does this keep happening? Because this movement is perverted, it's sick, it's depraved, and they're predators of children. That's why this keeps happening. That's the reality of what's going on. I've got a nominee for Hero of the Week. There was a video um, that I saw of an Uber driver, a black woman named Lamia Jamar, Jabbar, age 30, She picked up a white woman named Diane who opened up to her about her financial struggles on the way to work at uh, a fast at fast food chain, Tim Hortons in Buffalo, New York. I think it was DC Drano that might've posted this. Uh, The young lady dropped Diane off at her job. And instead of picking up a new passenger, Lamia drove to a shopping mall to visit several stores and asked women who looked to be about Diane's size, what clothes they liked to wear and bought the clothes for Diane along with a gift card. I emphasize the race of the women in this video because that's all I see on this platform now from both parties, but only when the video makes either race look bad. We can also show the good in both sides. I love this story. This is so wonderful. I talked last night or maybe the week before of a a, a night before of a 16 year old black uh, young man from uh, Mississippi who saw a car swerve and go into a river and jumped out and went and saved three 16-year-old girls. And I don't know what their race were. I, I, I don't know that he knew. What I do know is that he's a hero. And so is this young lady. For two different reasons, two different acts of kindness, two different acts of courage, two different acts of self, self, selflessness. And I applaud them both. They are my heroes of the week. Anything you got a hero and some stinks of this week? I do, yeah. Um, I'll start with the hero. My hero this week is uh, a woman. I believe her last name, her her, her first name is Fran. 
I think it's Fran Ilkoff, but she's a 90-year-old volunteer who was recently fired from her job at the National Multiple uh, Multiple Sclerosis Society in Long Beach um, because she was confused about pronouns and they were injecting some pronoun woke stuff into their training. Anyway, she she was fired because she refused. She asked a question about what certain pronouns mean and all that jazz, and she's just stood so strong after because she was with them for decades, and she lost her husband to MS, and you know they, mm. they fired her for nothing out of a. They just wanted a scalp to score political points. The MS Society has since changed their tune, complete one eighty. They said that they're terribly sorry, their mistake, complete oversight. Um, they made a bunch of excuses, but she just stood strong through it all. Um, she gave her life to this cause just as a volunteer, and they terminated her in five minutes over pronouns. And she she just – I mean she did some news stuff, but she just seems like a really good person. Um, and they put her through the ringer over nothing, which is what the left loves to do, ruin, ruin people's lives, destroy their reputations over nothing. Um, so she's – I think she's a good nominee for Hero of the Week. I do think that. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, and and think about here she's a volunteer, right? Yeah. At the at multiple multiple sclerosis, which is one of the most debilitating, difficult mm-hmm. things anybody can go through. And she at, at her age, instead of sitting around eating bonbons, she's volunteering to help people that are truly suffering. Mm-hmm. And they fired her. It just goes to show. How this is, a, there's, it, it's what we were talking about with, with Drew Allen. They're so, so committed to their uh, communistic ideology. They don't mm-hmm. care whose mm-hmm. lives they absolutely destroy. They pretend that they're the party of the minority and the party of this and the, you know, um, the, I can't remember the term they like to use, but the reality is, is they only care about their own power. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's only two class of people they care about right now, and it's illegal aliens and the transgender movement. And that's because those are the Trojan horses that will ultimately destroy us, that we've got to speak up against and had tip to her uh, for doing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, it's just it, it, it's crazy also that there's so many conservatives that are not paying attention, that are not engaged. They think, oh, I'll pay attention. I'm going to vote for Trump and they don't have to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Living in their own little bubble of, of a community. And I'm mm-hmm. look, I'm happy if there's anybody out there whose life is so great right now that they're not negatively impacted by a lot of what's happening in the world right now. Um, but it's that's kind of a self-centered existence right now because eventually every crisis that's happening in this country is going to end up mm-hmm. on our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so it, it, there was, if we are here as Christians uh, at this time, it's because God wanted us here and we have a job to do. And that means not sitting back and, you know, just, you know, letting God take care of everything or thinking, well, you know, it's the end times. And so this is how it's all going to play out. No, we're supposed to be fighting for good. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. We're supposed to be spreading, uh, you know, the, the good news of the gospel and that and the plan of salvation and and we and which means in order to do that we've got to be engaged politically because that's the evil uh that we're fighting in this world and we're going to be back here monday 6 p.m pacific time fighting every inch of the way email me at andreacasio.com download the podcast wherever you get your pods follow us on the socials and we'll see you monday
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.